0: No more doll blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's nation I O N thirty for 30% off of your purchase.
1: Welcome to Missouri Woods and Water podcast with your hosts, Nate
0: Thomas and Micah Winstead. Shit, that was good. There you go. It sounds too legit. That's that's why you. That's why you're supposed to do it because you know we're supposed I, to be
1: legit. I like the fly by the seat of your pants type deal. You know, I, I know or, you are organized chaos that sort of stuff. But there's no organization to you. It's just chaos. And you know what? It's done me well for the past thirty three years. <clears throat> that's true, that's true. So No Andy tonight. No, nah, he's still fighting the he's bid. Still, yeah, he's still fighting that. It's uh he's I think doing, he's, doing he's doing a lot be- better. He's just Yeah, he's still in quarantine or whatever, I think. Yeah. So
0: uh
1: missed him. Send tonight. him
0: well wishes. Yeah. Um he missed a good one tonight too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight was fun. Uh I learned a lot. You know. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Uh our guests tonight were Ty are Tyler Jarvis and Brian Beckman. Mm-hmm. Uh Brian has been hunting for hunting geese for twenty five plus years. Which uh, is pretty impressive because he was younger than me. Yes. So he he's pretty much been hunting it as since he as, could walk yeah. most. And Tyler uh has been hunting for several years now too. seems like a lot with yeah. uh Brian. And uh and uh, pretty much everything those two guys said was new to me. I mean,
1: honestly. Yeah, we're not we're not geese hunters. Don't claim to be geese hunters. So, no. We asked we asked those guys on and they kind of just give us a breakdown of, you know, some things to expect, some things you need to do as a beginner. Yeah. So, you know, it was good
0: for us. A little late in the game um the season here in Missouri, I believe ends on February 6th. Don't quote me on that, but somewhere around that date. So, when this show comes out, it'll be close to the end of the season. So, Hurry the hell up. Get out there. <laughs> get your geese. Yeah, you got to get it done quick. Uh, or, you know, get you a fire for next year. And get you, get that desire. There you go. Right. Kindling it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we mentioned it in the show, but um, we're recording this the night after uh, Bill's Chiefs big game. football game, and hopefully yeah. this is af- – people are hearing this after the Chiefs have beaten the Bengals because we're recording this before that game. But – I'm a big Chiefs fan. Micah is a fan of the Chiefs. He doesn't care about football near yeah, as much. Yeah, I don't care.
1: But, but if I, if somebody said, "What's your favorite team?", I would say the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. So
0: that that we stayed up late after that game and uh, recorded this show late tonight. So yeah. appreciate Tyler and uh, Brian doing that. Yeah, we were all kind of running on fumes. fumes. <laughs> That's what we are on right now. Yeah.
1: So, what else have you been doing? Anything? Uh, we did a little bit of coyote hunting the other day that was kind of fun yeah tried out some new spots so that is one thing we learned in our last tournament yeah we definitely need to hit spots first prior to prior them in a tournament just to mm-hmm. get a layout because you can look at maps all you want but you ain't gonna know exactly where you, what you're gonna do and where you should set up until you actually put feet on the ground mm-hmm. so we did a little i guess scout hunting Sort of thing.
0: Yeah. You know, didn't really have any success. Had we a little bit. Had a little bit. A little bit. We, little did, bit. we, we did see a coyote. I don't really know what it was doing. Yeah. It it was paralleling us one way and then back the other. <laughs> okay. So uh kind of threw me off and uh then the farmer had to come feed his cows yeah, and, and stuff, the farmer so. came, so I I mean I'm not sure if she was spooked by him originally and then our call got her to come back or what in the hell, but yeah. We at least saw her. Um we didn't see any other coyotes. Um but had some fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Got to go out for a few hours. It's always
1: a good time. Spend time in the woods and out in nature. Now I'm trying to decide what to
0: do with uh, a new product that I just procured today. Came same, in the mail. Same, same season. So I uh we got some Maven stuff. Yeah. Maven optics and um I got their R S one rifle scope and I can't decide what I'm going to do with it. Don't know which gun you're going to throw it on. Yeah. Um I've got a 243 that definitely needs a new scope, but I'm also going to be getting a new gun here soon hopefully. Yeah. And I kind of want to put that that Maven on it. But anyway, I I took the scope upstairs and kind of looked through everything and dude, it's a big difference. It's uh now I know what they say in some things you get what you pay for. Oh yeah. Oh definitely.
1: I mean, in glass is one of those things. So, I haven't actually I got binoculars. I got the uh B3s, I believe, B13s, 10 by uh 10 by 30s. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just opened up and looked around, you know, the basement here and my last pair of binoculars were like fifty dollar <laughs> pursuits from Bass Pro when they were on sale, uh-huh. so I definitely made a huge upgrade. Super excited to get those! And
0: yeah, put them to work. Yeah, I compared my um, my binoculars with another pair of binoculars I own. Won't say the brand because I am a fan of them, so don't want people to think I don't like them. But I compared them, and my binoculars I got the left. I got eleven by 45s. So right. You went with the big dogs. Uh, Not big, big dogs, but bigger dogs. Right. And uh, I compared them with my 10x42s. So really, really close to similar, you know, a little bit more zoom and a small, a tiny bit smaller or bigger optical lens. Mm -hmm. But um, while I still am a fan of my 10x42s from another company, these Mavens were – I don't know what else to say. Really, they were sweet. They are quality. Like it, it, it looked like I was looking through and watching high def TV at seven hundred yards away. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, that's exciting, man. They got some good stuff for sure. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so check them out if you are looking for stuff. Um. Yeah. If they're you're a, like- They're a um. What do you call it? Direct to
1: consumer. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. They don't. Uh, they're not in any retail stores. So yeah.
0: direct to consumer. Yeah, they are. So. So, anyway, that's what I've I did messed with today just cuz they came in the mail. So I was pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. I think I even put a little uh story on our our deal when I was opening it. Yeah, there you go. See, I can do that every once in a while. Yeah. No, I get it. Um yeah. okay, so before today's show, we got two sponsors. Um our new partners Midwest Gunworks. Yep. They just got back from SHOT Show last week. Yeah, they, uh, if
1: if you're not following those guys, follow those guys on Instagram and stuff like that. I mean, they were, you know, showing some new stuff, some new product coming out. What was that new gun that he was, I'm pretty sure
0: you asked the question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, that thing was sick the looking. The Pursuit? Yeah. Yeah. So, there's three new guns that came out at SHOT Show that they all told me about. Well, one of them I found out on my own, but yeah. that our contact at Midwest told us about. And, uh... The Pursuit, I probably won't go after, because for whatever reason, um, Bergara didn't, I think it's a Bergara, didn't make it in 6mm Creedmoor, but freaking Christensen came out with an MH, it's coming out with an MHR, which is the modern hunting rifle, which is so, not replacing the MPR, but it's another option. So what's different with it? You're just going to have to Google it. (laughs) There's a bunch of customization options and... Oh, okay, I, mean, I don't really know that there's a lot of differences. um, they've got new plastic. it's a carbon type of plastic, I guess you'd call it that makes it a lot lighter, so like this one's supposed to be two pounds lighter. Oh, that's a big difference. And that for me matters um and if the barrel length could be a little shorter and they offer it in six Creed uh, that I might wait for that gun to come out, yeah, but anyway, yeah, so they they just got back from shot, so I'm interested to talk to our buddy there and. Kind of get some more information. But check out Midwest Gunworks, Works, MidwestGunWorks.com. Use the code MWW5, 5% Sick. off. Yeah. Cut it back. Cut it back digital. I got to go pull my cameras, man. Keep saying it. Every I know. Da- every damn show, <laughs> Keep <laughs> saying we say it, and then we still haven't done it. I
1: got to do the same thing. I will give everybody a little update. I got my report this morning. I I am on day... Hold on, I gotta switch accounts if I can, real quick. Sorry, this is taking forever.
0: Real professional.
1: Yeah, I know. I am on day 229 of my batteries, and everything's still okay. I'm gonna tell you this. So,
0: I highly recommend Cuddy Link System. I've been a huge fan of ours. Yeah, mine. I also highly recommend any camera you buy of a Cutty Back camera, the one knock they have on them. Is they suck battery mm-hmm. because they're constantly talking to each other? Yep, you gotta you gotta sacrifice something, right? So get the external at the in my opinion at the minimum get the external battery packs mm-hmm. or the solar. Which I don't even have the solar option, right? Get. I'd like to try it, but
1: I don't really have a spot where the solar would work for me. Most all I mine. I don't know if it has to be temp- like real sunny or how that works. Well, hey, I, th- I actually saw it today on social media. They posted they had one. Uh, and I think it's over a 1,000 days that the
0: thing's still going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. But same thing with my, ex- you, you use those external packs. And I don't keep my cameras out year-round, so it's not a problem for me. But with those external packs, I had to put, uh, how many batteries come in the external packs? Six. Six. I had to switch out the home camera <laughs> external pack, just the external pack on one of my cameras once yeah. this year.
1: And you probably would have been okay, cause, but I will say you probably get more pictures than I do. Well, I'll have to i can we'll see uh, yeah you can actually see it. yeah i can okay. tell or whatever but i mean it's not like i'm getting thousands upon thousands of pictures so i mean obviously the more pictures you take the more it's going to have to talk Send. to each other yeah. the more battery you're going to use but we definitely would suggest getting the external battery pack and they're not that expensive no but um, it is going to add a little cost yeah so there's so that. just
0: think about it and since it has a little cost why don't you use the code <laughs> dude this is a <laughs> professional segue. Use the code M-O-W-W-22. 22. is the new code for this year for 10% off. Yeah. So that pretty much covers your taxes. Or there whatever. go. Boom. Done. All right. That's our uh, partners for today's show. Appreciate them being a part of our show and helping us make this show possible. Yep. We introduced our, our guest already. We did that bass backwards. That's okay. Don't we normally do it the other way around?
2: Eh,
0: it varies. Really excited to, to re-listen to this, too, because those guys had a lot of good information. Yep. The whole time, I had to remember that I had to ask questions, because I was just sitting there listening. Yeah, soaking this it was, in. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's just get into the, today's show with Tyler Jarvis and Brian Beckman. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us tonight, we got returning guest Tyler Jarvis. What's up, buddy? What's going on,
3: man?
0: And new guest, his buddy Brian Beckman. What's going on, man? How's it going? Not bad, not bad. We're sitting out here on, uh, what, a Monday night, about 8.30, the night after the Chiefs put us through... uh, About
3: three or four mixed emotions. (laughs) Yeah, three or four. I I
0: think (laughs) I went through more than that. (laughs) Yeah, I went from... uh, I don't even want to talk about it. So, all of us are running on a short amount of sleep and now we're recording a podcast at 8:30 on a monday night after it's kind of windy all day and tyler you work outside i know mm-hmm. what do you do brian i'm a construction supervisor for spire energy so i uh
1: i don't work outside much but i do get out every once in a while yeah you want you one of those ones that sit in the truck and yell out the window hey get this done or something <laughs> nah, like that? I, I
4: don't yell at anybody i uh i pretty much let them what they're doing as long as they're doing it
0: safe and being efficient that's he's a safety guy like me there you go there you go wear tennis shoes to work <laughs> hey <And. laughs> those are a little more comfortable i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> i need a new pair of boots bad <clears throat> uh okay so before we get into it tyler's been on our show before uh if you want to actually hear a badass episode about a deer um he came on our show how many months ago was that mm-hmm. it's been a while Couple, two three months it was the first part of october i, was, I remember yeah. i
1: couldn't come to it because i was i had covid yeah so i couldn't make it to the show it was
3: i'm pretty sure bow season may have just started
0: yeah this shows you how good of a host i am i was actually gonna look it up and tell everybody the name of, here it is episode number 73 73 tales of the chase a buck named Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, Go back and listen to that one because that's a hell of an episode, one of my favorite deer stories we've heard. So uh, go back and listen to that one. Tyler was on that show with us, um, so I appreciate you coming back on to talk about something else tonight. But nobody knows you, Brian, yet, so why don't you introduce yourself to everybody where you're from. You kind of already told everybody what you do. Uh, and what's all this different stuff you do out uh, in the Missouri outdoors? So uh, my name's Brian Beckman. I live in Odessa, born and
4: raised here. Um my biggest thing is, is I'm big into hunting waterfowl, turkey, deer, just started getting into deer about five, six years ago. A uh, big waterfowl hunter, been doing it for 25 years, um, kind of raised different ways and, and things have changed different in them 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing like it used to be. But uh, I, I love the outdoors and got a little daughter, she'll be four in March and do everything i can to provide for her and that's uh that's a little about me
0: so did you grow up then hunting waterfowl i'm guessing yes sir
4: i did i uh i grew up watching my uncles and grandpa they were always always going hunting and i would beg and they'd say well we'll let you know and Nine o'clock would roll around and my uncle would call me, Well, we're not gonna be able to take you this time. So (laughs) I I used to be the the kid that would get all fussy and and then finally they started taking me and then when I was old enough, me and my brother kinda took it under our wing and and started venturing out and doing different things and and that's how we built built our strong relationships, Waterfowl and Huh.
0: How you figure, um you figure that a large percentage of this is just my view on our state at least. I figure most people start out deer hunting is the way I look at it. Am I wrong? Like,
3: I, f- I think that's the most popular most common sure. thing. Right? Yeah, that's
0: what most I would yeah. You know, Most con- people start out deer hunting, but you kind of started out waterfowl hunting and just recently gotten a deer in the last five years, you were saying.
4: Yeah, it's. Uh, I never really had a drive to rifle hunt. I just always thought uh, you take a high-powered rifle out, you shoot a deer, um, all every opening year we'd be duck hunting and all the deer hunters driving around like man them guys are crazy no way I would miss duck hunting for deer hunting and, and yeah uh, here we think you're crazy because you're sitting out <laughs> in the middle of a field freezing your ass off right <laughs> and uh and I tell you what this these last five years I've I've started rifle hunting uh last year I shot a nice buck uh, not this last season the season before shot a nice one opening morning and that kind of hooked me and uh then this year Opening morning wasn't so good, and I'm like, eh,
0: maybe I better go back to waterfowl." Hunting. <laughs> hey, Tyler, you guys are about the same size. It looks like you need to let him shoot your bow. See if he get he see if he gets hunting. stuck on that. So
3: he has a bow. He just won't.
0: He's not doing it yet.
3: No, he's taking it, but I I I tried shooting it. His draw length is quite a bit shorter than mine. Mm-hmm. But man, the thing with bow hunting is it's it's kind of like me versus him with duck hunting you know he he's been going duck hunting would you say matt went to 20, this year 25 years 40 almost. some odd times
0: wow yeah. you know yeah and you're
3: killing something every time you know not like deer hunting where you're looking You kill for a the deer one. you got that one tag you're done yeah you know and that's what i take from you know waterfowl hunting you know you can go for months and months at a time and kill something every time yeah so it's your hunts it's it's never a, a fail, I guess you could say. Right. You know, like deer hunting, you're like, Oh, he slipped away or I didn't see him and you look at that as a, a an unsuccessful. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But when it comes to waterfowl and you know, you I wouldn't say it's easy to kill your birds. Like you obviously have to know what you're doing. Sure. And there's a lot that goes into it, but you know, once you do it for so long you master the techniques and Yeah get to understand and they're a lot like deer like you hunt geese long enough you'll start to understand like how they actually work you know they're like deer they have a routine that they like to do Mm -hmm. throughout the whole day and that's what i love the most about you know spending the weekends with him out there and wherever it may be crop field or pasture pond or whatever is you know you build friendships you know they get stronger and you don't have to worry about being quiet. <laughs> you know, you can stand up and just talk about the week, talk about your life, yeah. whatever it may be. And and you know, and when the time approaches and you got geese in your face, it's it's kind of a chess match. You know, it's you can talk to them. You know, and they respond back, and yeah, you just watch them work, and it's 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 a blast. And I'm glad I'm glad he uh, kind of got me back into it a couple years ago because it's. I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's more fun than, you know, shooting a Boone and Crockett deer for
0: me, but it's, it's right there. It's a, it's a close number two. Oh yeah. 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 I yeah. can see that. I mean, and th- honestly, that's why I've never really gotten into waterfowl hunting. I have, I went duck hunting, I think twice with my brother-in-laws. Uh, Grant is a big duck hunter. And uh, the first time I went, that was the day after they went up to Grand Pass, I think. And... Them crazy bastards get up at 2 in the morning, drive up to Grand Pass. You guys probably have been through this routine just to get a chance to hunt. And I'm like, you guys are stupid. No way I'm doing that. And the next day we went hunting together just here at at home. And we're out in the ice, you know, breaking ice. And I'm like, this is dumb. I'm freezing cold. He's like, just wait, just wait. So we get in the blind and, you know, talking and, you know, kind of having fun, which is different than deer hunting. You know, you feel like you almost have to whisper. He's mm-hmm. like, no, just talk. And, you know, bored for a few minutes. and next thing you know, you just hear, <laughs> you know, and you're just like, what What was that? He's like, that, ducks. Be ready. Be ready. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, next thing you know, there's a duck right in front of us flying by. Yeah. And first shot I ever took yeah. at a duck was so freaking off. I mean, it wasn't even close. <laughs> He's like, well, at least you shot at one, you know. But you you do feel that definite adrenaline rush. And you could see where... You keep chasing that every time you go, and also then the money starts coming out of your pockets just as fast as any other hobby, I'm sure. Well, which we'll get into. It's kind of like coyote hunting. You're just you're looking for that one to come in and you know give you that little adrenaline, that bump. quick high. Yeah. yeah. Even when you, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I, I, honestly, I would say coyote hunting and like goose hunting and duck hunting are more closely related than any of those three are related to deer hunting agree disagree yeah yeah i agree you know because like a deer i mean like you just said tyler especially bow hunters you'll hunt like me damn near 30 times this year to kill the deer you were after mm-hmm. and that's now considered successful when and you look at it you were one for 30 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a pretty bad batting average if you're a baseball player or whatever but it's just uh you know whereas coyote hunting or t- goose hunting you almost look at it as unsuccessful if you don't kill something each time you go out hunting. Uh, maybe you – I mean I don't ever look at something as an unsuccessful day. Yeah, you're always having for the most
1: part most of the time you're always having a good time no matter what you're doing as long as you're out there yeah. doing it. Unless you break
0: your truck or all kinds of shit goes bad and you. Don't right. Kill. Yeah. You <laughs>
1: well, never... I'm sure
3: everybody here would agree a bad day of hunting is a better than a great day at work. <laughs> sure. <Exactly. laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's
4: yeah, for sure. That's uh that's one thing when it when it comes to hunting I'd. Everybody likes killing and killing and being successful that way, but when you get out there and enjoy the time with family and friends and, and when you do kill them, you, you celebrate more and, and it's more fun with all the work that you put in for it because um, it's not easy by any means. And I'm not a professional either, but uh, I am very dedicated and, and I do what it takes or I'll go above and beyond and uh, try to make something happen
0: that other people wouldn't try um that's how i've been successful in the past yeah and like you said you develop those relationships i mean you don't have to be perfect or try to count them all but how many people in your lifetime now 25 years you've been hunting waterfowl how many people you think you've hunted with in your lifetime now you know if i had to put a number on it I'd
4: maybe 20 tops i mm-hmm. just uh i keep a close circle but even um, even a
0: close circle that's still 20 people absolutely that other than your brother, probably you've most likely gotten closer to than you would have been before absolutely just because you go hunting together now right i mean it, we, yeah
3: and another thing it's it's easy to me i think it's easier to make memories goose or duck hunting because how many times brian have we had a single come in and you whip out your phone and you said you got this when i'm on video and you right. know and you have that video for
0: the rest of your life yeah mm-hmm. yeah It's just it's I almost it. it's easier to make memories with people for multiple reasons, you're with somebody, yeah, and you can do shit like that. I mean, you can remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about well, Mike and me. I know Tyler. I'm guessing you're very similar. Most of the time, when I'm bow hunting, I'm by myself. Yeah, I I do take my sons now, so that's cool, making those memories with them, and I have gotten the phone out for those. But a lot of, of hardcore deer hunters or bow hunters are by themselves when they hunt.
3: Do you talk to your imaginary cameraman like I do? <laughs>
0: Uh No, I talk to myself. <laughs> like, don't, usually it's like, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. You know, Oh, you're, you're like, an your idiot. Job. Why'd you sit there? You should have sat over here. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. That happens. I, I definitely always have
3: a cameraman. It's just he's invisible. He's, he's not see. actually there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: No, but, you know, it, that's what, you know, you, have, you still have those memories, but mm-hmm. nobody shared that memory with you. Yeah. Whereas with, uh, you know, waterfowl hunting, you're at least sharing that memory with one other person, I'm assuming. And, and a lot of times it's probably more than one person. you know goose hunting i've seen pictures of you know four or five guys together i'm guessing duck hunting similar where you can many people you squeeze in the blind comfortably we can make it happen yeah
3: and that's one like with cotton eye joe i'm so glad i did it is i whipped out my phone and i just started videoing every emotion i had from five seconds after i killed him till walking up to him and you know i i'm not gonna lie there's probably been Ten times I've gone back throughout the last year and a half and just watched it and just relived them 30 seconds, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's one regret I have from my son, that deer right there. My son killed his first deer this year. No, that year over there. And um, there's one regret I have. He killed first deer ever, killed it with a bow. It was a crossbow, but he's 11, so he couldn't pull anything back. And the one regret I have is I wasn't doing anything. I could have pulled my phone out. And videotape the whole thing. You're in I, the moment. Yeah, <laughs> you're kind of living in the moment. And I, I just, get it. But everything afterwards, since I was the daddy and I, I wasn't the shooter. Everything else after that was on video. Yeah. And I, dude, I've made like what do you call them? Reels? Not reels. Uh, videos. I put them together like the different videos I took. I put them all together so they're the one video. Is that called editing? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's real, isn't it? Splice. I don't know. Is it a real? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, and just collaboration. Watch. Sure, there you go. Watch all those back. You know, I with my big deer this year, I didn't really get that. Um, we did have a buddy when we went on the, the trail about two hours after I shot him. He videotaped everything, Yeah, which is cool. I need to get that from Pat. But uh, Yeah, I want to see that. It's pretty cool. I mean, he 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 literally started videoing when we got to the house all the way to where Andy looks at me and he's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? And the deer was laying dead 30 yards in front of me. Yeah. Never saw him. So, you know, it's, but that's a memory now that is on video mm-hmm. and it's not something you just have to try to remember. Yeah. So that's, that, that's probably easier waterfowl hunting because you're right. You can, uh, you can do it together. So when did you all start goose hunting together?
3: I think, I think the first time I ever went with him was high school. Funny story, it was, it was pretty cold. It was on a Friday, I believe, and the X just so happened to be like right just west of my mom's house. You know, just on the other side of the yard. Mm-hmm. And see, you know, I mean, yeah, we're 16, 17, somewhere around there. And so I don't even remember how many decoys we had. It couldn't have been a whole lot. We probably set out a dozen, maybe. Maybe maybe a dozen or maybe
4: ten. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever whatever we could fit in our car at the time. <laughs>
3: and I just remember my feet getting so damn cold because a lot of times you're just laying there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if you stand up. It's another thing you lay down. That's It's even more easy for that blood to escape your feet. Yeah, but go back to the core. My younger brother was actually there with us, and the first goose he ever shot was a banded goose. <laughs> nice. A banded goose, yeah. So, once we all killed our limits, it was, you know, it was awesome. I was like, I can't believe I've never done this before. You know, I've been deer hunting since I was nine, ten, you know. And, right. And um, <laughs> we had a wild hare to go back to the house and cut the breast out of these geese, and we were going to try it for the first time. You know, mm-hmm. we never, we you know, we've ate deer before, but we we I've never had a, never tried a goose. goose or a yeah. duck or anything like that. And, you know, so we're we're young, and we don't know how to prepare venison (laughs) at that time. So, you know, this is not a lie. We cut the breast out. We rinsed the feathers and stuff off. And I've put it on a skillet on my mom's stove right there in the kitchen. And I cooked it to where I thought it looked done. And we all took a bite, and I didn't eat a goose again (laughs) until – it was pretty awful two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, it stunk the house up. I'm oh, like, man, what are we doing here? Like, this smells worse than dog food. And yeah, it was. I think, you know, I honestly I went goose hunting maybe three or three or four more times after that. Total, total. And I didn't go for a long time. You know, I sports all that stuff got in the way, sure. and I, I, that took all my time and energy and right. Um, yeah, it was a long ten, fifteen years or better for you know, he asked me if I wanted to go and I was like, Sure, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's the older I've gotten and the kind more of- the more I appreciate being in the outdoors, outside, yeah. hunting. You know, you don't have to just live for October through January. You yeah. know, you can you can do other things.
0: Yeah. And we'll definitely get more into this in a second, but um you know because this shows basically about the basics of goose hunting you know what what do you need to do but um is it like i told you i've never went goose hunting in my life what uh is it something you could guys like you guys could go set up in the morning hunt a few hours and you're done for the day you know or do you what's a typical hunt like for you so it
4: uh you know Back when I first started and, and as the year's progressed. I'd, Dust to dawn. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, hunt for a few hours, call it good. And now it's some of the better hunts have been late in the day, evening time. So you sat out there all day mm-hmm. and and you think you're like, man, what am I doing? Wasting my time. I know they're not going to fly, but there's still that one opportunity that could happen. And uh, so so I would say these last five years I've done a lot more daylight to dark hunts than
3: uh than in the past but But yeah it is something where you could you know you can set up on a a saturday morning right and not touch it until sunday evening Mm -hmm. you know if if you're on private ground obviously but yeah
0: and i think that's what um of course i mean you can make them quick hunts too if you needed to but i think that's one thing that we've really enjoyed about getting into coyote hunting a lot heavier the last few years is well, we went coyote hunting Sunday. Yeah. Me and Micah did. And it don't have to take up the whole day. We if you started don't wanted to we started yeah. at daylight, first light, and we were I was home, I had to be home by noon. Yeah. For kid stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we did, you know, four or five sets for the day and mm-hmm. had fun and, and And geese are kind of a lot, you know,
3: like say either coyotes or deer. You know, they have their times where they fly the heaviest and then there's times where they're just sitting in their field or in their on their watershed or whatever it may be. But, you know you can plan your day accordingly to that. Yeah. You know, more likely you're gonna have a better chance of killing your geese anywhere between sunrise and nine, ten, thirty, eleven o'clock. Then you're gonna have that period where mid-afternoon, kind of like a deer would be bedded down for the majority of the day. You know, them geese are doing the same thing. Uh, and so, so you're so like, okay, if I ca- if I do have to go get something done or whatever, I can leave. you know, you know this is all based on if you. Don't kill your limit that morning too. Right. So say so you don't, you know, I can leave, be back out there at two o'clock. Everything's still set up, ready to go, and you know they're just like deer. Come hour or so before sunset,
1: they start flying. They, start, they flying. tend to
3: start flying again. And what is, is, it? is what it?
1: Go ahead. What is the limit on a on a goose? Three, three, three per, per day per person. I'm guessing
0: per person per yeah. day yep. per day. So. Is there anything that makes a goose, you know, like a deer during the rut, you might you might as well be there all day because at twelve thirty in the afternoon he could be coming through. Is there anything that makes a goose more susceptible to flying during the day, or you know during the mid part of the day? I mean, does weather mess with it more than uh, breeding? We'll call it, or is it just no? They really they really freeze up, you know, midday, and they usually are flying in the mornings and the evenings. Yeah, weather. Weather's a big factor when it comes to goose
4: hunting. Um, if you get warmer temps overnight, uh, they're typically going to fly earlier in the morning. Um, if it's cold, if it gets down in the teens, you can count on them. They're going to sit there on their their water hole that they have, and they're going to go out once, once a day and feed. You'll get them in the evening. But um, if it's snowing, you want to be in a field the geese are going to go to a field and you will have success if you get into a field that they're in it's just there's there's nothing that beats hunting in the snow over a field Hmm. Um, water hunting it's by far easier than field hunting and you get you get a lot of good decoying action over water Um, but on a snowy day field all day long Um, we've sat on water during snowy days and wish we would have been in a field. Huh. Um, but weather does have a big factor. Um, I always love when it gets cold and then you get that warm-up, you know, 50, 60 degrees
0: for a couple of days and goose hunting gets really good then. So they, they prefer to fly when it's warmer? That, that's, that would have made me – I would have thought the exact freaking opposite. Yeah, I would have thought you they know, would warm they to want to move, move when they're cold. Yeah, yeah but they, they prefer to fly when it's warmer. I mean, we're not talking 95 degrees. No, yeah, <laughs> you know, it just but no, warm. that's
3: you. Know, that's kind of what I've kind of been trying to take in more on the previous two years is trying to understand, you know, how a goose operates in different temperatures. Um, you know, I think we've we've come to seeing that you know on warmer days they they want water mm-hmm. over a field and. You know he's always sworn up and down if it's if it's chilly and there's a little bit of moisture in there and it's cloudy, they're gonna fly, and it's it's held up true, hmm. especially this year. And uh, the, the years or this year's numbers had just I don't want to say it hadn't been the same. They've just been late getting down here because I think we've had a fairly mild winter. Mm-hmm. And I think we could all agree on that. Yep, so far. So it's you know they never really made their way down. As soon as they did previous years but um i think they're majority of them are here right now are they yeah
0: and is there a this was not a question i was thinking of but is there like a website or somewhere you guys do you follow something brian that tells you you know like what the migration pattern is doing right now or you just start paying attention to the skies more than anything
4: so I mean- so to be honest i uh i just kind of go off the temperature if it if it's going to get really cold i I've always been a firm believer that geese are going to follow the ice line. Um, If the ice line's here, there's going to be geese here. Um, And if it continues to stay cold, they're going to be here. But as soon as it starts warming up, they'll start moving out. And and typically, you don't see geese migrate in unless you set out all day long on a big north wind. You'll see them. But other than that, they just appear. They may be here one day, and the next day they're gone. Gotcha.
0: They
3: do have apps, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm sure. That I mean, don't I'm have sure one, but I think example. I hunted with a buddy a couple of weeks ago, and he was kind of like a like a deer hunting app, how they say, like deer the cast. best yeah, yeah, like the best deer hunting times are, you know, between eleven and three or whatever it may be. Yeah, and I was like, what? What are you talking about? And like, he's like, I forget what he called it, but it's kind of like, yeah, the, they somehow they predict their flying patterns and when they're going to want to feed the heaviest or when they're going to want to fly the most, and
1: gotcha are you guys scouting your fields before y'all go out or how do y'all pick which field? Cause I'm assuming you have, you know, kind of like coyote hunting, you, the more spots you got, the more opportunities you can. So are you guys going out ahead of time? Hey, they're
0: hitting this field or how do y'all do to that? To piggyback that question, you can uh, answer this with it. Uh, on top of, you know, scouting those fields, what, I mean, if somebody was like wanting to get into the goose hunting, what are some things that you want them, they should look for, in a spot that they might say, hey, I think I can hunt here, will this be a spot that's going to be worth a damn?
4: I, uh, so I used to scout all the time, find a field, get permission, talk to the farmer, you know, and, and you build a friendship with them and, and you do things, like I'll do things during the summer to help them out to hold that permission um, or if it snows, you know, shovel their driveway off when they're not expecting it. Um, I've kind of gave up on the scouting just because the hunting pressure is it's, there's a lot of people that waterfowl hunt now, goose hunt. And by the time you find the field or the water hole that they're on, somebody else has already got permission. Um, mm-hmm. you know, cause you work during the week, you don't get a chance to get out and watch like other people may get to. Um, my biggest thing is, is if you can find an area with the geese in it, and try to get in between find their flight line. Um, and then really what we've done here lately is just run a big, big spread and, uh, just run traffic. Um, we've, we've hunted an X a couple of times in a field, but if I had to recommend, yeah, I heard anything, you say if, that
1: twice. Yeah, now, yeah. What's an X? Yeah.
3: The X is where the highest, the highest percentage of the geese in that area or at all at once. Gotcha. So if you drive by a field and you see 2,000 Canadas feeding in this field, we
0: would call so that the X. X. Okay. Yeah. And So the next time you're back hunting at, you're on that X. Yeah. And not 300 yards it's, south. It's of it. just like a yeah. treasure map. Yeah.
3: You know, where you, X marks the spot. Right. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what that means. That's where it came from, goose <laughs> yeah. hunting. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to where, kind of elaborate on how he said hunting traffic, mm-hmm. you know, that just means – we're in between their water and their food. So if they're coming back from their feed and they're going back to their water and they fly over us s- sitting on water, mm-hmm. they're like, Ooh, you know, there's a party down there. They turn around and they come right in. That's hunting traffic. Gotcha. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you have those pesky geese that it's already on their mind, they know where they're going and they'll fly right over you. So you're
1: so you're kinda so you're not necessarily on the water that they've been on, but you're in Mm -hmm. one in between and then you're trying to call them into your water. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
3: And you know, Brian's hunted a lot more than I have, but in my recent years, the most success is when you're not hunting their roost. So that where they're at all the time, like especially at night, it's you're hunting close by. So when they get up off that roost, because obviously when you roll in to set up, they're there. Right. So you're going to have to jump them off one way or another. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they come back. A lot of times they don't. Um, but being – just letting them know that you're not there. So they um, they don't feel that hunting pressure, kind of like what he talked about earlier. So when they do get up to go feed, you know, you're on there. Almost like a gas station, I would call it. Yeah, you're on there. You st- know, if you're traveling down the highway you need gas, you pull off.
0: And gotcha. Brian, and you're uh, how do you feel like a, a goose responds to pressure? Like a deer, right? Certain deer. I mean, all deer respond differently based on their personality, but a lot of people obviously make the assumption that a uh, mature buck, you pressure him too much and it's over. He'll never show his face again in the light of, light of day there, whatever. But how does a, I mean, in your 25 years of hunting, how have you noticed goose geese? Um, experience pressure i mean do they tolerate you more if you can almost act like you're not pressuring them but you really are you know like can you pretend like you're just a farmer coming into the field and you're spooking them up or can they tell the difference between in your opinion a hunter and someone who's not a hunter so so geese get smarter and smarter every
4: year um you know they They know the difference between live geese and and decoys and hunters and non-hunters. and uh, Really, the only thing that that I try to do is just try to throw something different to them. Um, Don't hunt the same field, which I don't typically hunt many fields anymore, like I said, unless it's snowing. But I'll just go every weekend. I may hunt the same pond, but I'm throwing something different to them. Um, if it warms up, geese love to go to pasture. Pasture ponds is number one when it warms up. Hmm. And when they see all them decoys down there, they, they can't hesitate. You know, you throw an ice eater in a pond and you open it up and it's 60-degree day, the geese are going to fly around and they're going to be looking for pasture. They're going to come to you. But uh, they they definitely know. And, and the reason why I say that is because around here you may get geese that set all day and fly to go feed one time and then back to the roost you drive 20 miles to the west towards the city and they fly all the time every day all day long and that's because there's no hunting pressure they don't get hunted up there Hmm. so and i think a lot of the i think a lot of the flight flight line that we used to have here when we held big numbers of geese has pushed west because they they're getting smarter they know
0: Um, people don't mess with us in kansas city
4: absolutely Hmm. they you know they're in parking lots and in between (laughs) buildings and they see people all the time you know you come out here and them geese start flying you're going to have probably 10 different groups of hunters around lafayette county hunting them and and they know that they feel that pressure
1: oh i believe it i used to work for a company where i'd have to make deliveries around different areas you know different grocery stores i delivered alcohol and i remember hyvie rice up in lee summit every time i'd go there and make a delivery you get chased by geese every time you get out of the truck because there's a big there's a big pond back there and they just live up in that parking lot and they would chase you around and you get so pissed but then you get the people that are like oh don't mess with them well the damn thing pecked me i'm gonna kick <laughs> yeah. out of it sorry <laughs> yeah it's just like if
3: you know you're on a golf course yeah and you walk up to a tee box and there's two dozen geese standing on the tee box and you're, you know, you're eight feet away from the goose and he's just looking at you and you're, it's just like, how? Like, <laughs> why are you so comfortable? And I know. All the other geese around here, you know, and how many times this year, Brian, have we, you know, been hunting we've had a group come in and you can tell they've been shot at because they've got feathers missing on their wings mm-hmm. and they'll get just oh, almost into range and they pick something out that they don't like and you know, they hightail it out of there, mm. and some of them come back and circle. You know, a couple times, and you might eventually get them to suck in. But you know, more times than not, one of goose flares. He he saw something he obviously didn't like, and yeah, like he said, they're they're a very smart bird. It's mm. it's not it's not a hundred percent guarantee that you can go out and kill a goose. Right. I mean, if you know, I'll be hundred percent. Truthful here. If I didn't have him, you know, back when I was sixteen, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try goose hunting. You know, I got a shotgun, some camo, whatever. You know, even if I did have some decoys, I wouldn't have known that. You know, they fly. You know, they fly into the wind when they come down. I wouldn't have known that. Okay. Without him, um, you know, as far as
0: so they fly when they're coming down. They fly into the wind. Mm-hmm. They use that wind so they use to, that to control. Makes sense. So, as far as like
3: setting up your blind to prepare for the shot, you know how where you want because that's another thing that's it's crazy how you set your spreads up, your decoys. You can predict where those geese are going to land more times than not. You know, with how we set ours up, there's a ninety, I would say a ninety percent chance, especially over a pond. We know exactly where those geese are going to land or where we're going to shoot them at. And that's, that's one of the cool things about it. It's, you know, deer hunting, a lot of times if you, um, I know it's a goose show, but I think it's, it's easy to kind of compare the two, Sure. but you can pattern a deer and you can kind of figure out, but when it comes down to it, you have no idea what that deer is going to do next to where in waterfowl, I think you can almost, you can almost die down like this is what's going to happen before it even happens.
0: Okay. makes you feel more confident as a hunter, too, when you're like, see, boom, told (laughs) you. you. Told you. Now, see, I could say, although before this year or last year, I can't say that anymore, but last couple previous years, I could guarantee you I could kill a goose. But it's because I got a a couple that lives on my my pond, uh, what do you call it, island. They've been coming for 10 years out here, and I think one of them must have died or something because they weren't here last year. And they would have their... Whatever you call them, babies on Goslings. on my island, yeah. and then I would go down and mow in the early spring, and they would just follow me around the pond while I'm mowing, and we'd get pissed off, and then you know kind of move off and maybe take off and come right back, and I knew those those babies were somewhere close, and I would assume it was on that island, but and uh, so I'm like, man, if I really wanted to, I could just take the shotgun down here and end it right here, but <laughs> you know, I was like, that's kind of cool. We, they come every year. Every year, the exact same. I would assume it's the exact same pair. Yeah. You might know more about geese, obviously, and and that sort of stuff. But it's interesting how every year, about the same time, they would they would show up, and they would stay for probably a few months. I mean, it felt like at least because they were here into probably stream. most of summer. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then leave, and you would see the babies out there, you know, swimming and stuff. Even um, so like
3: we would call them local birds. Okay. You know, they stay here. They don't So they migrate don't migrate back, back north. up and yeah. north. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I can't really confirm if they were migrators or not, but earlier this year I had what we call a cripple. You shoot it, it falls on the ground, but then it's not totally dead, so it kind of walks away or is trying to fly away. Mm-hmm. I ended up chasing this goose like 150 yards through this field, <laughs> and the whole time I'm doing it, there was like 12 geese in this, you know, group that came in and one of those geese stayed back and was just circling me like a like a vulture because <laughs> i think he was paired up with that goose that was on the ground and that was the first experience i've ever had with that Huh. normally if you shoot into a group of geese and you know you drop one they, uh, they're gone a, they, you know, they go but that one goose he he didn't he just stayed back and he circled right above me until mm. i you know retrieved that geese and then he he finally flew on but yeah that was a, a first one for me
0: i mean this shows my ignorance but i was told by somebody years ago that they mate for life is that you guys know is that something you know of
3: i don't i can't be 100 percent sure on that yeah i, I, like I can't Google
0: either um uh, i'm doing right <laughs> so now. i like swear. a penguin like I, a penguin? Maybe well, it yeah. was penguin shit. Maybe it that was what I heard. Penguins.
1: No, I know they do, but what's those two big – What's the Swans. Yeah,
0: swans. I think swans do. Maybe it was penguins though, honestly, but I swear somebody told me that, that geese.
3: Have you seen the pelicans on the reservoir lately? Uh-uh.
0: There's some pelicans so, there. Huh? Yeah,
3: so I haven't seen them this year, but last year when I was uh, running pretty regularly, I was running around the reservoir, and I thought it was trash like somebody had dumped it was in two trailer fulls you know of trash bags and when i was running on my way back you know 30 minutes later they had swam across and the biggest bird i'd ever seen in
0: my life like yeah. they are
3: huge and there was probably two or three dozen of them really mm-hmm. that's cool I've never seen anything i've like never it.
0: seen a pelican in my life i mean here yeah um I, I did have a cool thing and we'll get back to actual goose hunting in a second but um it's probably been about 5 years ago now. Our neighbors have a pond just you can see it from our back door. Their pond's actually closer to our house than our pond is and uh one one it was it's it was really cold that year and it was snowing pretty hard the last few days and she looks out the back door and she goes, "Look at those geese, they're huge." And I look out the back door and I'm like, "Yeah, they are." And then I kind of turn away. I'm like, "Wait a minute." And that neck just <laughs> And they were real dark color, too. And I'm like, those are swans. There were six swans in their pond, and they stayed for two days and then left. Mm. Never seen a swan in my life ever again since then, here. Yeah. And I'm sure they're here more than I, th- I, I know because I don't pay attention, but that was pretty damn cool. One was beautiful white, and the other four, which I'm assuming were her babies, were the darker color, you know, almost like they were... Like a gray or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Probably. Not black. Yeah. but That would make sense.
1: Yeah.
3: I don't know about anybody else, but I've seen more swans this year, flying around like have you? say Lafayette County. Like i I saw them. We were doing some work down in Concordia, and I saw like eight or ten of them flying together down there. Can you mm-hmm. hunt those in Missouri? Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. And I I started to think back. I'm like, have I ever? Maybe I have, and I just don't recall. But it's been a long time since I've seen a group of swans like that. You know, flying with geese and stuff like that. But do they do they stick around geese a lot? Honestly, I couldn't tell you because I mean I have just, I can't remember seeing them. Sure, yeah. Lately, but the ones that I have seen this year, they have been with geese. with geese. Those. Yeah,
0: that's why you probably don't. They fly.
3: Out. They kind of fly alone. You know, they fly by themselves as a group. Obviously, mm-hmm. y- you don't technically see them mixed in with geese, but feeding in a field, you know, you'll see them sharing the same field. Obviously, but yeah. As far as mixed match flying together, I haven't Don't never see seen that. that.
0: No, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, she got out her SLR camera and all that crap. Took some really cool pictures of them, and I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty damn nifty. But uh, yeah, back to goose
1: hunting. Did you Google it? Yeah, they do mate for life it, with a very low divorce rate, is what they said. Look at that. that. Wow. So. Learn something new every day. They're better than us. Where'd you get that from? (laughs) It was the first thing that came up on Google. So Wikipedia. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Wasn't CNN, was it? (laughs) No. (laughs) Wikipedia. (laughs) Somebody just made it up. Yeah. Let's talk about decoys. So, to get started, I mean, you guys said when you first kind of had it, you had about 10 or so. Is there a perfect number somewhere where, if you can reach this, the more the merrier? 10,000. You know?
3: Yeah. I'll start first and I'll let Brian take over. But in my opinion, I think the more the merrier. Um, it's kind of, oh, how do I put this? Say you're a single man and you're looking for a girlfriend. Well, if you have a $3 million house. Those and days are over. Six trucks or whatever sitting out in the parking garage, you might catch a woman's attention more than you would just being an average Joe. That's how I kind of think the more decoys you have a more likely chance you're going to kind of create, you know, a scenario, a spot. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, just grab that geese and then the geese's attention more. Cause a lot of times they don't fly over you. They'd they be flying around it. you and you can call and so you, you know, they're obviously we don't know cause they're sometimes they're a quarter, half mile away. But a lot of times I think they turn their head and they see a lot of geese in he can probably yeah and I know he agrees with it but you know the definition of decoys in the last 5 to probably even 10 years is night and day from what it was back in the you know 70s 80s um so I, they definitely look more like real geese nowadays mm-hmm. and but also I think with too much it's it's almost easier if you kind of like he went um he talked about earlier about pressure. Like you don't want to seem over the top. You want it to be like kind of just low key, maybe only putting out a dozen or two. Um might feel that geese like feel a little bit more comfortable rather than having to look over, you know, two hundred and fifty decoys
0: rather than just twenty. Right. I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. Why is there a landing strip painted for me right here? Yeah. <laughs> but they do, man. It's
3: it's cool when they when they fly over, and especially the ones that are uh, kind of, I would I would say, committed, their heads are just going right to left the whole time. Really? Yeah. And that's kind of one of my favorite parts of it, is just seconds before that goose, I guess, dies, you can say, just how he's just scanning everything. It, it, their, their heads are always moving. They're always looking. And, I mean, it's just like any other wild animal, but...
0: And are they looking for something wrong most of the time, or are they just – are they trying to pay attention to where they're landing, or like what – I mean, do you you obviously don't know because you can't talk to a goose, but in your your assumptions at least, are they trying to make sure they're safe, or by the time they've gotten to where you're seeing them look around, they've already committed to coming in, and at that point it's just a last second, oh, no, I see the guy now, and that's Mm -hmm. when they might peel off, or – Are they still evaluating?
3: Camo definitely is your number one. Like, you've got to be brushed in and hidden, you know, really well because they, just like a deer, they can spot you ten times easier than, you know, you could spot a goose. Mm -hmm. But I think they look for, you know, say a goose lands next to other geese a thousand times in a year, they probably see a lot of the same similarities, you know, on how... If they fly into a group, if – I I do think they see a lot of the same things with real geese. And if you don't necessarily – you know, I, I don't want to say a lot of guys know exactly how to set up <laughs> a decoy spread. But, you know, and I don't think – I do 100% of the time. But I feel like we have the general idea on um, I would guess. how to get them to come down. Right. But if, if you put all your decoys too close together – they're going to be us. like
0: red flag. I was, I was just going to say I would guess, Brian, if you gave me 20, two dozen decoys and you took two dozen decoys and we went and said, okay, you go set yourself out and I'll do the same thing, mine is going to look like a bunch of <laughs> – like, why is that one upside down? Why is that <laughs> one walking away from the pack? You know, just yeah. there's probably an art to how you set them out. But if, if someone was starting – what would you? I mean, would a dozen decoys be something that somebody could get by with starting out? Or, so, so you if know? you're
4: if you're starting out, you're just getting into it. Um, it really depends on the spot you have. Um, if you're running traffic, a dozen's not going to do you any good. If you're hunting a location that the birds want to be, just say for instance a pasture pond that mm-hmm. they hit all the time, every day, all week long, you can go throw six floaters out and and shoot your limit. Um, it's all about where they want to be. The reason why we started running higher numbers is because we typically don't hunt the spot that they want to be. We're trying to make them come into something. Um, but I think a lot varies back to the numbers of what you use. You know, if, if there's only four or 500 birds in the area, you don't want to throw a big spread at them. If they come over a big spread, they're going to be like, this is weird. There's not that many geese around here. Um, but when you get to your peak numbers, um, you know, like right now we're probably at our peak numbers <clears throat> goose wise, um, you could throw a big spread and they're, they're looking for that stuff. But early goose season, when you just have your local birds that stay here all year round and you go throw a big spread out, it's never, it's never been successful. It's always been throw a few decoys out. So if, if you're just getting into it and you get you a, get you a dozen floaters, um, if you're going to hunt a pond and and maybe a dozen full bodies and, and you'll have some success. Um, other days may be better, but right. That's, uh, that's hunting. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, you know, 20, 25 years of hunting and we've, we've built up our spread. And, um, thanks to my brother, by the way, he's, he's always, always bought decoys every year. You know, we've kind of tried to go half and now he kind of took over getting all the duck out and stuff and I've taken care of the goose hunting stuff. But, uh, it, it takes time. You can't, I mean, it's hard to go out and just buy, you know, thirty dozen decoys and say, okay, well, I'm gonna go goose something. I mean, well, they're pretty expensive, aren't I they? Say, hey, how, on average,
0: how like how much is a well, de- a decoy? Or do you buy them in packs?
4: So, I mean, a dozen decoys, dozen full bodies. You're probably
0: minimum two hundred eighty bucks. Oh, if shit. it's If it's on sale, yeah. And that's for twelve decoys. So, um, hey, when you leave my basement tonight and my <laughs> wife's upstairs and says hi to you, we were talking about deer. We weren't talking about goose, <laughs> geese. Okay, that way she's like, no, she won't. She won't be able to tell me, no, you're yeah. not. You're not getting into that. <laughs> she won't start getting worried until you buy your first pair of waiters. No more Tyler Jarvis coming over here because you spent money.
4: <laughs> but as the years progress, everything goes up. Um, as you see this year, shotgun shells are, I mean, outrageous expensive. Yep. And uh, that that's big. I mean, but people can afford them, and if people can afford them, they can afford decoys. So. It just matters how much you're into it. If you have passion for it like I do, you know, I may buy a dozen decoys just out of nowhere um, just to add to the spread. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's very easy to get into, and you can start off with, with low numbers and just kind of build depending. Because if you buy a dozen decoys and don't have any success, you may say, well, I'm giving it up. I'm not doing it anymore. Right. But I never did that. I just kept building and building and building. But So you you got
0: a small like shop that houses all your decoys? Then just uh, the decoys? No, we actually. I know my brother-in-law has all his stuff in a trailer. He's got an enclosed trailer, and all his damn duck and decoy, duck and goose stuff is in the trailer most of the time. We used to have this old, old little ten-foot enclosed metal trailer,
4: heavy, and we'd had that thing packed full of decoys. And finally, I said, you know what? I'm going to buy a bigger trailer. We're going to be organized. And, uh, so, so I've got an enclosed trailer that's built, got a wall built in it, keep all the full bodies in the front in the back. You got your blinds, your, your ice eaters, um, floaters, stuff like that. But, uh, there's a lot of money into it. That's for sure. But like I said, 25 years, you know, 25 years from now, I may not even have
0: more. It may still be the same, right. but, but starting, you know, I mean, you could start out with a dozen, see how it goes first and, um, uh, Obviously, calls are important. Um, now, can you use electronic calls in Missouri? No, you can't. So then, why the hell does everything we buy? That's what I I, I thought that was true. But like, you know, Andy owns a Lucky Duck uh, uh, Coyote call, and I own a Fox Pro. They both have goose calls on them. You know, they come preloaded with goose sounds. Really? But I'm like, maybe it's for other states who maybe that's legal in those states to use those. But I'm sitting there going, why? Is a goose call on there, although I'm guessing that would work for a coyote. You know, a goose freaking the hell out probably. It, uh, it, it may have been a snow goose
4: call. Um, You know, the Missouri Conservation Order goes in when you can start the spring snow goose season, you can hunt. They're unlimited. You can use electronic callers for them.
0: Um, I'll have to so look, honestly. I've never used it. But.
3: So, uh, quick story. Um, I was hunting with some buddies, uh, actually, Ryan. Greco and Dakota Thern, uh-huh. uh a couple of days ago, and the action was slow. And we were talking about the annual Midwest Wildlife Coyote Tournament coming mm-hmm. up, and Dakota got out his teal duck call and just blew the hell out of it. Just, <laughs> I'm going to call on a coyote, you know. I <laughs> thinking we're going to come here and hunt this, you know, in the next couple of weeks, whatever for this tournament. And I will be damned. Five minutes later, he's tapping us on the shoulders, and he's like pointing. <laughs> There's a, and there was a coyote that come over about 150, 200 yards away, just walking on a
0: terrace staring at us, and something different, you know. Like, yeah. They hear rabbit distress all the time. Mm-hmm. They hear all these different things that everybody uses because yeah. coyote hunting is no different than goose hunting. It's also gotten more popular, and all the different types of hunting and fishing have, and that's that's awesome. But. uh you know, the coyotes, just like the geese, probably get used to they get smarter every year too. I keep hearing that damn jackrabbit. I'm gonna stop going to that. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. You know, so thing that thing about, yeah. you know, that's another thing about different yeah.
3: Another thing about goose hunting and with the calls is it's not easy.
0: That's what I was gonna ask you. It so it's not easy to blow a goose How much call. if you want to start and you don't know anything, you're probably gonna be doing a lot of watching of YouTube, learning how to That's how I started get that down because I'm assuming if you sound bad, they're going to know it.
4: Mm-hmm. So so when I started Goose Call and I bought bought a Goose Call that had a DVD that come in it, and I would play that DVD. <laughs> me too. Because, you know, YouTube and all that 25 years ago, I didn't know really much about it. And and I would, I would. I remember sitting at Grandma and Grandpa's house, and I would put that DVD in, and I would just keep blowing the call. And, I mean, they probably got tired of me. I'd shut the door, and I'd be in there for an hour practicing, you know, and – it's uh it's definitely not easy, but when you say that a goose call is important it it is at sometimes, but sometimes it can be too much because you know you you can get their attention and then if you stay on them and you're and you're being loud, they're they're, they're gonna think something man something's not right because you can't sound like five hundred birds right. with all your decoys, you know so if you're real soft with them i I, I have more success that way. Um, sometimes don't even pick up the call, you know. If they're coming, let them come. They're comfortable, um, but it it does help in some instances.
3: And we talk about that too. That's part of the the process of them coming in. You know, as we're preparing our shot, that's the first thing we, you know, the first thing we do is we grab for our calls. But there's a, there's sometimes where, you know, they're they're already locked up, like they're wanting in, and like he said, that's just let them come. We're like, hey, hey, hey let's just let just let them come. Let them come. And you can do just a little soft mumble, just a woop whoop, woop whoop, whoop, whoop. and that's sometimes that's all
0: it takes. You should have brought yours tonight and given us a little a taste. taste. Yeah, I'm not on I'm it. not that good at it. <laughs> I'm there's, guessing. I'm guessing that's a. Line. He's better than most. Yeah. Don't let him. There's there's don't some people
4: that are that are incredible on a goose call, and and I don't know how they do it, but I just uh, I can I. I'm so much into hunting, like when geese are coming in, I'm watching them. Like he said, they're turning their heads. I'm watching their reaction. So if I'm blowing my call and they're not locking up and they're not acting interested, well, maybe I don't need to blow it. you know. And then sometimes they'll act like they're going to fly over you and then they just set right down. Um, So it's just all about how you're into it.
3: Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about the different types, like a callback. So like when the geese are flying away, Um, he's, I feel like he's mastered it. I haven't quite got there yet, but so they, they, there's different tones. They didn't come in at all
0: or. Okay.
3: And they're kind of just wanting to, they're like, eh, I don't like this. And they start to fly away. Well, they call it a comeback call. And a lot of times I would say almost 50, it'll get them to turn back around. And it's, it's a higher pitch and it's more of a, more of a faster. Wouldn't you say it? You're not you're not sounding like one goose. You're sounding like fifteen <laughs> geese screaming like, "Hey, come back!" And that's it's. I think it's saved us a lot on, you know, having a group finish and a group not like find a way. It's or just, or if you have a group
4: that's that's going away and you hit the comeback call and and you may just break one of them off. Like one of them says, "Okay, you know what? I'm going back." The other group yeah. may go on, but typically when they turn around that second time, they're they're going to come in unless they see something. Um, you know, back to the basics of, of buying the decoys, you know, I've always hunted out of layout blinds and they're low profile. You think you blend in with the grass a lot better. And, and what I've noticed these last three to four years, I don't think the geese like the layout blinds. That's everybody's using these A-frame blinds now, which blows my mind. Cause you know, deer hunting, you want to be camoed in everything like that. Well, goose hunting, I feel like you do too, but you're setting in an A-frame blind in the middle of a pasture or middle of a cornfield, whatever, and and they don't mind it. But if you put a layout blind down, they see it. They know. It's almost like they're they're scanning the ground, and they pick you out versus an A-frame blind. It may look like a – and
0: Is that something you're saying? A layout blind is much lower, isn't it? Absolutely. Like you're laying down. You're
3: laying on – yeah. They only stick up like, what is it, a foot and a half? And that bothers
0: them more than an A-frame.
4: That's what I've started started noticing these last – two to three years it's been it's been pretty noticeable and and this year was the first year i've i've hunted out a frames before but this year was the first year i was like you know what let's get one and let's try it and we put it out we haven't
3: had one flare we i put, don't think we've had one flare all year
4: no and we put it out and i'm like man this thing and, you, just, and you're much it, more
0: comfortable i'm guessing you're sitting oh down. yeah
4: <laughs> heater going and, and everything you know it just makes it more enjoyable uh so windy that's days some, something you're sitting in then yeah rather than laying down okay. basically like a bo- a box blind you know and yeah. it's something like that but uh it's just crazy you look at it and you're like man that thing sticks out there's no way i would even come close to that if i was goose but they land all around it. They they don't mind it, and it it just blows my mind. That's one thing I've never understood: is how a
0: goose can pick out a layout blind versus an A-frame. Like they're they're worried, and they'll take off the first you know sign of something that goes wrong. But I've got this house sitting in the middle of this field, basically. <laughs> Absolutely, that, that doesn't bother them. And see, yeah. it's and just maybe maybe it blends in more than you think it does from you know their perspective. Right, you know, yeah. it's just hard to say. I, I don't know. There's probably a few
3: pros and cons between layouts and a frames. Obviously, there's comfortability and just easy access. And like for layout, you can you can almost put a layout blind anywhere. Mm-hmm. But with the a frame, the one we have, it's it's the uh, Drake Gilly four man, and it's actually got a roof that's got two swinging hinges. So you know when you're in a layout blind. You've got to stay down because the second you stick your face out, they see you. So, when you're laying down and those geese fly behind you, you don't know where they're at. You don't know if they've gone on. Maybe you're not calling when you should be calling or you're calling when you, it's not necessary. Um, but, I mean, I'll be the first. You know, you always want to try to peek you your head. Want to look. You want to look, yeah. yeah. But with this A-frame, you have that ability. You can just watch them. Watch them do the whole thing from the time they come in to the time they land, fly away, whatever. Mm. And that's that's by far my favorite part that's of the a cool. frames. It's just being able to watch them rather than not being able to watch them. Sometimes when you're in a layout,
0: stuck in this coffin.
3: Yeah, not <laughs> yeah. laying on the frozen ground on your
0: backbone. And as as you both get older, because I, I think I'm older than both you, all three of you, but. It's probably gonna feel a lot better to not be laying down, sitting sitting a little more comfortable, not so cold. It is, yeah. It definitely is, and like he said,
3: how how surprised we are that they don't mind it, you know, because if it literally looks like a sore thumb, hunting in a pasture pond. Yeah. Now I'm saying you could hunt along, you know, a tree line or in the timber, and disappear. if you're duck hunting, you know, yeah. in a marsh, you can easily hide that thing, but if you're hunting a pasture pond, that's got green grass that's two inches tall, you know it's it's hard to mimic what's around you. Yeah. So, we just kind of found some riverbank grass and brushed it in and just kind of went with it because it was our it was our first time. Yeah. You know, after we bought it and we were
0: we were impressed how. So that would is that probably the most expensive thing to get started then? Because you you have to have some way to hide yourself, right? I would I mean, say
4: decoys definitely. Decoys are by far probably more expensive.
0: Um,
3: you than can you can buy a layout blind nowadays for anywhere between a hundred and fifty bucks to
0: oh three hundred and fifty bucks. That's surprising to me. I was thinking you know like in the A-frame blind that you guys have now. I'm just envisioning this you know two thousand dollar thing that you got to go buy and oh no, I don't know how you get by without having a blind goose hunting. Right, so you like gotta, right you now consult- you know. You can get
4: a frames anywhere. I think Rogers has got like a a goosebuster or something for two hundred bucks online right really? now, which is that's good cheap. I mean, which you're probably going to get what you pay for, you sure. know. And we paid a little more for for the one that we have, but you, you um, get four
1: guys together, you know, yeah, you make I, it worth it. Not bad.
4: It's uh, it, it's hard to get four into ours. I mean, you'd it'd be really tight. is about perfect. Um, two, you got all the room in the world. Um, it's but. A lot of people buy two or three, and they'll have them all. You know, if they want to hunt eleven guys, they're gonna have three blinds mm-hmm. right in a row. And uh, but that's that's what it's uh, it it surprised me because the first time we hunted with a frame, I had the layout blinds ready to go. And they were they were up on top of the hill, and as soon as they flared off that a frame, we were gonna put the layout blinds out. But never had to. That's cool.
0: And you what? were like, why wasn't I doing this twelve years ago? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: What about uh, shotguns? Everybody use 12 gauge pretty much, or you see people doing anything different? His brother hunts with a 10 gauge. 10 gauge. When he comes up and goose hunts,
0: but yeah, 12 gauge is your. Sure. Just even bigger. Than average. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, do you aim for the heads? And for the body? Well, if if you
4: ask my brother, he you know that 10 gauge, he just aims for the body, and he doesn't miss very often. Um, 12 gauge, I feel. If you aim for the body, they're so tough, you're, you've are pretty much got to aim for the head, get, get at least some of the BBs in the head. Um, if not, I mean, we've shot them and, like, man, I know I hit that thing, and it's gone. You know, it flies off. <laughs> it's like, man, then things are tough. But, uh, you know, 12-gauge, and a lot of people are like, well, what size shot do you use? Grandpa used to hunt with two and three-quarters, six-shot steel and i was like no there's no way and he said well if you get them close enough you just shoot them in the head and and he would you know grandpa's a good shot so um i i i just use 12 gauge three inch two shot three shot, something like that um they make you know bb's triple bb's but i just feel like the the pattern coming out of the choke tube i just feel like it's not as good when you get up into them triple bb and bb shot okay what kind of chokes do y'all like Carlson by far. Uh, Carlson makes in my opinion makes the best choke tubes.
3: Cool. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that one. That's Gun. that's kind of your uh your Hoyt and Matthew.
0: I was just gonna say we would be remiss not asking this question. Gun of choice. What's your favorite shotgun? Benelli. Benelli. I mean the Benelli's just
4: the most efficient, durable, lasting, um, I I typically use my guns, you know, six, seven years in a row before I buy another one. Yeah. And, and it don't have to, you know, a lot of people like the, the high dollar ones and it don't have to be a high dollar one. You know, you find one, a good deal on one and, but I, I recommend Benelli over anything.
0: At one point in time, I owned a Benelli Nova, Supernova and Super Black Eagle too. Uh, I don't have one of the Novas anymore. I can't remember which one, but. Uh, and the Superback Eagle Two at one point in time was free. My dad bought it years ago. Why? Do you remember why he even had that? Who knows, man. We <laughs>
3: got to make a trade for that. No. <laughs> yeah, that's enough.
0: Hey, I agree with you. I have a Nova. You can have. You can I have a Nova I again. look. I can't remember if I still have the Nova or the Supernova. Anyways, and I, he bought this shotgun. I don't know what for. Probably never shot it. And I started uh, turkey hunting, and so I'm like, hey, can I borrow the Benelli? And so I started using it. And he's like, you just keep that at the house. So for like five years, I had a free Super Black Eagle too. And he finally got a wild hair in his ass. He's like, hey, you still got that shotgun I let you have down at the house? And I said, yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to sell it. I said, well, you're going to sell it to me then. And he said, okay. So I still bought it for next, I mean, probably 40% of the price that I should have bought it for. I mean, it only been fired still a handful of times but uh i felt a lot a lot better when it was free <laughs> but it, it it did cost i mean but you're right they're they're amazing guns um when is it winchester came out with the sx3
4: yes i believe it is winchester
0: and uh, i know my brother-in-law owns one of those and is a huge fan of it and uh, he's a waterfowl hunter um but yeah anyways I something for it.
3: the uh, real quick something for you know somebody that maybe be wanting to get into it i would definitely go with some kind of synthetic or a like a benelli that has a wrap yeah because a lot of times when you're waterfowl hunting obviously you're around water they don't get, with, get your wet barrels yeah. will rust i have a a um a mossberg 500 actually i got from him back when we were younger and that's kind of how it's developed some rust from over the years just yeah. from being around water, if it's starting to rain on you or something while you're out there, and, I mean, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer. But, yeah, definitely go with a, something with a synthetic or a wrap. Yeah. That's got your, you know, your Max 5 Camo wrap or Oak, whatever. But yeah. That
0: makes sense. I'm kind of upset I sold that Nova or Supernova, whichever one it was, because I spent the money, and after I bought it, it was black, and I got it wrapped. And I was all proud of it, and then I decided I didn't like it. And I sold it. Which who sells guns anymore? I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the only guns I've ever sold in my life. But uh, yeah, and it looked good. And I think I got it in that max that max camo pattern. It was it was pretty cool. But yeah, well, and you know, and you can get a pump shotgun. It doesn't have to be a Benelli, but even a Benelli Nova. That's what at I, least at least you know ten years ago when I bought that, they're not that expensive. I mean, I'm
3: 32 and I still shoot geese for the Benelli Nova pump. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, you can probably get into one for a used one at least for 500 oh, or less. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where those semi-automatics jam up because it's too cold and mm-hmm. the old pump's still firing. Just
0: keeps going. Yeah. Keeps eating. Yep. Awesome. Um, what's but, some other basic stuff that we're missing here? Anything?
3: I think, you know – the most basic thing to be successful is you obviously have to scout you know find your geese but like we talked about earlier you don't have to hunt on the ground where they're feeding or where you always see them you can get the property next door or even a half yeah. a mile down the road and you could still kill those same geese
0: once again it kind of sounds like deer hunting it mm. doesn't have to be where he lives yeah. It just got to be in the right place at the right time you know, near where he lives at all I th- times. I think the the more dedicated
4: that you are and the more time you put into it, you'll succeed more. Um, you know, like we, we work all week, don't get a chance to hunt until a weekend. And, and right now we got an ice eater in a pond that we're preparing to hunt this weekend and doing all that work all week long, running the generator all week long. you got to fill it up with gas, move the ice eater around, and that's how much – i love to do it i mean i'll do something every day to have that successful hunt or to be able to enjoy the weekend you know because if you get out there the day of that you're going to hunt a pond say for instance and there's four inches of ice you know you're not going to open it up with an
0: axe or anything like that so gotta put a little
1: work into it
0: and for the people out there that might want to try it you know chances are you know somebody that's a goose hunter see if they'll let you tag along one time. I mean, you know, if you've known them from growing up or whatever. And, uh, you know, the nice thing about goose hunting is, and it's the same with coyotes, it's easier to get permission to goose hunt than it is to deer hunt because uh, a lot of farmers don't want those damn things, you know, at their place either. So, um, you know, just if it's something you that might be interesting to, to you, uh, instead of going out and spending a bunch of money first, see if somebody will let you tag along. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that that's probably easier to to figure out if you're going to like something than it is um like a a deer hunt right tyler you and i and mike and um brian you might be this way at some point with bow hunting never know um is if you asked me can i come hang out with you while you bow hunt to learn about it probably gonna be like i'll tell you everything you want to know but i don't want you messing up my stuff (laughs) right like it's it's going to be harder for somebody to take that new guy out bow hunting but you know maybe goose hunting maybe a guy like brian somebody calls and asks him, and hey you know what no one's going with me next weekend you can come and and check it out Mm -hmm. and that person really probably isn't going to mess up that guy's hunt either and they get to experience what it is maybe to goose hunt or waterfowl hunt for
3: sure you know that's how i was when i first started and you know i went out for the first time with him is one I was 17 I'm not going to be able to afford you know thousand dollars worth of decoys and all this stuff but you know I've, I had a, I had a shotgun mm-hmm. and I didn't have a blind I had to use one of his but I obviously wasn't going to go jump off into the deep end and buy all this stuff without even knowing what the hell I'm going to do how to do it mm-hmm. so that was definitely yeah just go for the first time and you're going to know one way or another if you want to do it again right. you know it's um, kind of like shooting a deer once you shoot one you want to shoot another one yeah you know you can't wait for the next year that's uh yeah definitely and also i think a big thing is is and what we pride ourselves on is being respectful to the guy's ground that you're on sure yep. you know there's been a few times where it's been a little muddy don't drive your truck out in the field don't rut it up um you know don't don't try to run into any fences or you know if he's got cows out there maybe go hit your other spot up right you know until you know you get with the guy and maybe he's maybe he's going to move those cows to the next field or whatever right. next week but definitely be respectful because I've I've talked to farmers before and I've gotten answers where they say I used to but you know Not years more. ago I had a guy you to know, rode up my field, and, you know, he tore a bunch of stuff up. And yeah. since then, I've never let anybody hunt. So, yeah, definitely be respectful because that's, that's somebody else's property. Yeah, it ain't hard
0: to be – it ain't hard not to not be an asshole, you know. I mean yeah. – or just be respectful, you know. Because mm-hmm. you're right. It's it's harder to get permission to do things. I mean, even though it's easier to get goose hunting permission and coyote hunting permission than it is, uh, you know, like deer hunting. But, yeah, you know. It should go without saying that I'm not going to drive through your field when it's soft out here and run it up. Yeah. And if for some reason I mess up, I will fix it. You know, I'll take care of it. I'm so sorry, right? But, uh, you know, it's not hard to be that respectful person. And and if you are that respectful person, um, you're, you're going to keep those spots. Yeah. You know, those, those farmers are, yeah. or landowners yeah. are going to let you stay. And, and Farmers talk. They'll they talk. Do. Yeah. You, you don't yeah. want to get a bad name with them. Yeah. You don't want to
3: be – the name that comes out of little boy's mouth at the coffee shop. He goes, you know, rut, "I had such and such four wheeling
0: in my yard." Oh yeah.
3: well, he's he's actually hunting one of my fields right now, and, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's a that's a good point too. And you know, and like I said, it's just uh, when this comes out, it's going to be right before goose season ends. But you know, hopefully this inspires somebody to give it a shot, or at least ask you know their friend that has been doing it for twenty years. I wonder if he'll just let me go sometime and see what it's like.
3: I highly recommend it, you know, because there's been a lot of years where I've killed a deer in October and I couldn't, I didn't hunt until (laughs) next October, you know, and, you know, that's why I always just used to fish or whenever I could or whatnot, but now that I've gotten back into waterfowl, you know, years ago, it's. Fills that gap. It fills that gap, and, you know, there's a reason, like Brian, why he is so Ate up with it, and a lot of the die-hard goose duck hunters that you see or know, it's they enjoy the hell out of it. It's part of their life. It's it's not just a hobby. It's they're gonna do it one way or another every year. Come rain, shine, high water, whatever. Yeah. You know, duck hunting is always gonna be on the agenda or goose hunting. Right. And and there's a reason. It's because it's it's a challenge, and it's. It's I, it's, I don't know, it's rewarding as hell when you mm-hmm. can lure a wild animal within 10 yards of your face. You know, it's, gotcha. he, does, he doesn't have to, Yeah. you know, but it, like I said before, it, it takes, I think, I think it takes an art. And that's why I think that you should definitely go with somebody who is experienced just so you get started off on that right step down that right path.
0: I mean, I'm yeah. not, not going to discourage anybody, right, from, like, hey, I don't know anybody. I'm just going gonna, gonna to do it. I listened to this Missouri Woods and Water podcast, and they, they said, go spend $250 on some stuff, and I'm going to go do it. Screw it. Hey, you might have a lot of fun, and, and you might actually be successful. Chances are you're probably going to suck at first. Mm-hmm. And the the more you suck, the least the less fun it is, I would say, right? I mean, if you're not successful hunting, it's not as fun. So I would think, you know, the uh, the want to to do it more would go up if you went with somebody more experienced so that, hey, hell, that was fun. I didn't kill any goose or geese, but he saw – he killed five of them. That was – or I guess he couldn't kill five. He killed three of them. That was awesome, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so – but you know, I, don't, I don't think that should uh, discourage somebody from trying it, but you're definitely right. Yeah, definitely somebody to go experience what's better cuz I can only imagine myself out at my pond just being like I'm going to kill some geese <laughs> <goose> today. <laughs> my pair's not there no more so I can't do that. Um and like I said before about, you know, when I was younger and learning how to
3: set your blind and set your spread with the wind. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go out there if it's there, if there's a north wind, you know, the wind's coming from the north and you set your blind up on the south side of the pond, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. More like more times than not. Right. Makes just sense. just because they're going to be like, why are those geese on that side? You know, <laughs> they have, wouldn't. Have, they wouldn't have landed right there. Yeah. But They'd have
0: hit the bank and rolled in if they would have done it that way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I would regret not asking this question because one thing about waterfowl hunters that I think is pretty damn cool is the relationship they form with their dogs. Have you had dogs your whole life? I mean, have you? Never, I have not. Brian, no. you?
4: So uh, my brother bought a dog. Um, she's on her fourth season this year, and uh, probably the best thing that we've ever done um, that I've ever experienced waterfowl. And watching them dogs work and pro, you know, their progression within the years is unbelievable. Um, you know, first year he sent her through some training, and that helped out a bunch. But then he put the time and effort in and trained him. You know, trained her himself and made her do what she wanted him to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it, there's nothing better than, than uh, knocking down a bird. And and of course you get to just sit there and let the dog go get it. But watching the dog work, you know, get downwind of that, that bird and then sniff it out. But that's uh, probably the best thing he's ever, ever done was, was bought that dog. The problem with buying a dog is, is you're only going to get, you know, 10, 11 years out of one. Mm -hmm. And then, you know you're going to retire then eventually you're going to lose that dog and that's just i mean that's part of it but it's it's a tough deal to go through yeah yeah
0: Yeah, you probably need to keep your dog away from from goose hunting because your your dog has prey drive if i remember correctly you got a uh australian shepherd Mm -hmm. yeah so that thing will probably chase the geese for it
3: kills me too because i know every time i go to leave in the morning he's He's wanting to go because he loves <laughs> truck rides, and I'm like, man, if I knew you would just lay still, you could just come. I, watch. I would take him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but
0: yeah, my dog the same way. He got put up before you guys got down here because he'd be in your faces, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't do well. It, he'd be trying to kill all the geese before they got down there. So, and back to the
3: with uh, Bella, his brother's dog. You know, it is impressive watching her work and watching her retrieving. But I think the most impressive thing to me is how all he has to say is place and she runs to her kennel her little blind mm-hmm. and just does not move until he says so and it's how a dog is that smart you know I've never been around a dog like that before yeah so it's it's truly amazing how how it's, dedicated
0: it's, she is honestly i we've we've talked about having a show about dogs in hunt in the outdoor world you talk about waterfowl dogs blood tracking dogs you know, just sport dogs in general. I mean, my dog's a German Shepherd who's got all of his uh his titles and you know the bite work and all this stuff. It's amazing how smart they really are when they have that that want to to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's he can place that dog. Apparently, Bella. You said her name yeah, was yeah Be- Bella, and she won't move until he tells it to. Right. That's pretty dang cool if you think about that in general.
4: It's uh it's been it's been interesting watching her grow up. You know, he people put vest on their, their dogs when it gets cold out or if they're hunting in the ice and you put a vest on Bella and she will lock up. She won't do anything. She'll just stand there stiff like she's scared to death. As soon as you take that vest off, she's just fine. He's never put a shot collar on her. He did purchase one and he said, I'm not gonna do it. He said there's there's no reason for it. Uh, one big thing I noticed about her this year is you know we're we're sitting there watching ducks fly over. We got ducks working. She'll let you know if something's close. If you watch her she'll she locks right onto them and she follows them around in the sky and and if you don't see them and you could see the way she's looking and you look that way, there's normally something now it could be a crow or an eagle or something like that <laughs> right. but they, it's neat. flying it's, it's neat watching yeah. a dog do that just how they get into it and how they they follow
0: it. But, yeah. Uh, I watched a, a guy at a uh a, a hunting place, hunting preserve, I guess you call it, was training uh pheasant dogs one time and he put on this little class for us people watching and he just did these hand signals to this dog. This dog was doing all this stuff. I'm just like, that's crazy how how they know how to do that stuff. I've seen you a know. dog
3: do that in the water. Yeah, just it'll
0: lose it'll lose
3: the bird and that that the trainer, or the owner will Yell its name and it'll turn around mid swimming in the lake, and he'll point in direction, and she'll start swimming that way, or he'll start swimming that way. And that's yeah, pretty that's
0: cool. cool. Yeah, pretty sweet. Well, fellers, we uh we appreciate you coming on talking about some some goose hunting basics. I think it's uh it's a little late, but better late than never. I say we've never been good at timing anyway. No, we never have. <laughs> but uh you know, we appreciate you guys coming on and and giving folks the basics when it comes to goose hunting because us two would not be the ones to talk we're,
3: to. We're glad to do it. And like he said, we're no professionals, but, you know, we don't have troubles killing our birds. So yeah. I, it's when it comes to the basics, I think we know we know the majority of them, and if not all of them. When it
0: comes down to it, you know, people say they're not professionals. That's just a title. Like that's just somebody gets paid to do it. Yeah. There's plenty of dudes and gals out there that are straight-up killers and – all the different hunting aspects, deer hunting, duck hunting, goose hunting that have regular nine to fives that I would put up with a lot of pros out there anyways, you know, but, uh, that that's just a title in my opinion. I think I know plenty of, uh, you know, coyote hunters, deer hunters, goose hunters. Well, not really two, uh, duck hunters and whatever that I'm sure are just as good as some of the guys that they don't think they are as good as. So don't, 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 don't downplay yourselves. I'm sure you, You've been doing it 25 years, dude, which is probably over half your life. Yeah. I don't know how old is. you are, but,
4: um, you know, the first three or four or five years, whatever it was, I never even had a gun. I just watched and mm-hmm. for somebody to be able to go out and just watch and not be able to actually kill something. It's, uh, it, it's a lot, you know, I was raised on, it's a passion, something I love to do. I'll do it every year. Nothing will ever change my mind about it. Um, I, I think it's funny sometimes Tyler and his brother, you know, football games on. Man, you're gonna miss a football game because you're hunting. I'm like, yeah, I'm hunting, <laughs> <laughs> and I may have been out there all day, you know, or I may shoot him a text if we get done early and say, hey, I'm done. I'll I come watch the football, but I won't. I won't choose anything, you know, won't choose football, sports, anything like that over waterfowl. And
0: it has gotten easier because of DVR. You know, now I can I can hunt and you know come in and at least fast-forward through the commercials for the first half or whatnot and uh, catch right back up you know, with everybody else. But, yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: No, it's one thing when it's week three. But if it's the wild-card playoff game and yeah. he's wanting to <laughs> hunt tail
0: four, I'm like,
3: yeah.
2: It's, <laughs> I'll just, drive separate. It's just like you said. <laughs> it's,
0: it's just like those passions, yeah. right? I mean, I'm the same way. I grew up playing football. I love football till the day I die. And it's it would be really hard for me to – I don't know. I don't know if he was sitting in front of a trail camera the night before or something. Maybe I, I maybe I would record that game and be a little late, but yeah, uh, missing it all together. That, that's why I, I'm saying DVR is great because now I I know I can at least get there at halftime and catch back up or whatever. But I don't know, missing missing that game last night would have been difficult to do. Oh, although 100%. with about 13 seconds left, I wanted to. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, our buddy. And I was
3: almost on my way too. We were we uh got up off the couch, you know, mad and we were getting ready to go start our trucks and Jake actually or I I Jake actually went to walk out the door and for some reason he turned back around just just to watch yeah to watch us walk off I guess and yeah. Yeah. Next thing you know, we kicked field goal tie, and tied. I'm like, what?
0: Let's <laughs> see. This show's gonna come out after the AFC Championship game, so I really hope this is like a nice reminiscing of us. Also, after we won that game, because yeah. this will come out the Tuesday after. But yeah, that as far as at least that game against the Bills, that was my son was sitting right here where I'm sitting right now and said, Dad, there's still time. They have 13 seconds, and I said, Buddy, that's that's next to impossible. Yeah, and he goes. But it's possible we have Patrick Mahomes. Little shit was right. That's all <laughs> you right. gotta say. All he <laughs> needs is thirteen. He didn't even need thirteen seconds. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. impressive.
3: That's uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be a hard one to beat. You know, we thought the Rams game, you know, two years ago, Mahomes' first year was yeah. the greatest game in the NFL ever. And yeah, that was an amazing that game. That was you know, Josh Allen hundred. I don't know what was it hundred and sixteen or something combined points. Oh, in the the Rams game, the Rams game, yeah, like yeah, we lost fifty-four, 50, fifty-one or something, 51-48, I believe, was it? No, we, we they both scored over fifty. It was like fifty-four, fifty-one. I think they beat us by three. Okay,
0: I can't remember honestly now. I know it was high, but yeah, yeah, but yeah those games are entertaining for
3: sure.
1: Yeah,
0: well, Which fellas, was. appreciate thanks you for having us man. talking about some goose hunting. Yep.
1: Yeah,
4: thanks absolutely. For thanks on. for having us.
1: All right, there you go, guys. Go kill some geese. <laughs> I was really hoping we talk about ducks too. That way we could name the episode "Duck Duck Goose," but we didn't. So that's pretty bad. I mean, I thought it was funny. Yeah.
0: You, Andy's not here. There's no dad joking. No, none that of that. That wasn't a dad joke. That was that was pretty bad. I w- I I tell you this much: I would not have named the episode "Duck Duck Goose" for you, just because even you want to if be we talk about ducks. No, it's because you want to be a dick. No, because uh, Duck Duck Goose. What's What's the show about? I mean, I guess it's about duck and geese. Yeah, people would have got it. That's, that would have been horrible. Whatever. Anyways, thank uh, you. Thank you to to Tyler and Brian for coming on. Um, we learned a lot just because it's not our thing. If you're a hardcore waterfowl hunter, you might not still yeah. think you might have learned some things because you yeah. know they talked about some some decently intricate stuff that sure you know, I I'm assuming like seasoned waterfowl hunters think about. Like uh, you know, they they land in the wind. Right. Which now that you
1: now that you say it out loud. It think makes of it, sense. you're like,
0: Yeah, it makes sense. They're they're using the wind to come in. Right. But you don't think about that in normal everyday life. No. You know? I I forgot to even ask the question about uh Bands. Bands. I forgot that one. Thanks for bringing that up, Dickhead. <laughs> and uh, also, I wanted to ask about like this is a dumb question, but they use their eyes, right? Sure, their eyes are probably their weapon. Yeah. Do they smell? I don't think
1: so. I'm pretty confident okay. they're not worried about. It's I the mean, smell seen, a thing. I've seen videos of guys cooking on like blackstone. Yeah, you know, that's grills. True. That's true. You know, grilling up sausage and bacon. And I'm like, I'm pretty
0: sure they don't worry about what smell. <laughs> or <laughs> do they smell? I don't even know. Like, do they have a sense of smell? I, I doubt. Hell it. if I know. So. Anyways, uh great show. We appreciate them coming on. And uh we're gonna go to bed. Yep. Time to get out of here. See ya, buddy. See ya.